Hey guys, this is a co-creator of Spider Gwen, Robert Rodriguez, and you guys are listening to the Ultimate Spin. My name is Gwen Stacy. I went to a science demonstration, got bitten by a radioactive spider, and now have these amazing powers. I can sense danger before it happens, stick to walls, and I'm really fast and crazy strong. To the residents of New York, I'm the dangerous vigilante called Spider Woman. But you know me as Spider Gwen. Now let's find out what I've been up to. Are you ready? Because it's time for the ultimate spin. Hey there, true believers. My name is Brian, and thank you for downloading episode 20 of Ultimate Spin, the world's number one Spider-Man podcast for fans of Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen. The web is so much more than Peter Parker, and our show is your audio companion to these characters' ongoing adventures. My name's Kyle, and it's October, and in this episode, we'll be talking about Radioactive Spider-Gwen by Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez. Later, we'll tell you just how you can win two special variants of this issue. And I'm Noor, and as always, you can find show notes, catch up with older episodes, and send us messages at ultimatespinpodcast.com. There, you'll find links to our iTunes, Stitcher, and Twitter, and Facebook pages. We love hearing from our fellow fans, so don't be shy. Drop us a line and let us know what's on your mind. So before we catch up with Gwen and catch up on some of the news that's been going on recently... As uh, Secret Wars is kind of winding down, um, the Spider-Verse tie-in series wrapped up, and uh, you guys chatted about that. Oh, yeah. Brothers of Destruction. (laughs) If you missed it, you can catch Noor and Kyle's Spider-Verse wrap-up episode 19.1. And yeah, Secret Wars seems to kind of been derailed in terms of the schedule. Um, There's been a whole bunch of things being pushed back, including the main series. And of course, the fate of Miles Morales is up in the air. Um, we were hoping to wrap up Ultimate End in September. It got pushed back to November. Uh, we just found out it got delayed again to December. So right now it's due December 9th. And unfortunately, that means Miles's own book, Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pichelli, has been pushed back to sometime this winter, according to the editorial office. So whenever that is. Darn. You mean we can't cover Ultimate End now? <laughs> we have to wait. But we did get a sneak peek. Did you guys read Amazing Spider-Man number one? I didn't. I mean, I, I haven't caught up in a lot of the all-new, all-different stuff besides Spider-Gwen. But. Yeah, I haven't <clears throat> I haven't read Amazing Spider-Man number one just because I think I'm done reading Amazing Spider-Man now. I, it just doesn't interest me anymore. But that's on a tile <laughs> level. <laughs> well... <laughs> I think it's worth mentioning um, there were – it's an oversized issue, so there were several backup stories um, tying with the different spider characters. Not Stories is maybe a bit generous, really just kind of teasers um, mm-hmm. just to kind of set up what the status quo is going to be for managing all these different characters. So we did get a sneak peek of Miles in New York. He has a quick kind of mini battle with the ox and uh, and takes him out um it's not by bendis and it's not by Pichelli, so it's not it's not quite the you know true preview but it was it was good to see him in action and see how he's going to operate within the new way it's working so peter is traveling worldwide and you got hobie brown as the prowler who is acting as spider-man for san francisco so miles has got new york and gwen and the web warriors have a little adventure in 1602 and again just really a teaser to kind of set up their their series that'll be coming back as well but while we're waiting for miles series uh he is going to show up in the all new all different avengers that is 
definitely solicited uh, for November. It's looking like November 11th. We'll get a peek at that. That's good. I, I assume that whatever goes on in there won't really make too much reference to Secret Wars. So not too big of a deal if they if they put that one out before the ending. I feel like they might or they might just keep it to the bare minimum. It's kind of hard. This is the whole earth shattering event. So some stuff might get cut out. But, you know, I'm the guy that doesn't read Secret Wars anyway, so I'm not going to get it. I'm, I'm not going to understand what's going on, even if they do. So I'll just go, oh, yeah. Doom. <laughs> Doom did stuff. No. Whatever. <laughs> I'm interested to see how it plays out, though, because it sounded like um, there might be a little bit more uh, correlation between the two series than there was between All New Ultimates and the Miles Morales volume that just wrapped up. My impression is they're a little bit more in sync in terms of the character and yeah. what's going on. So it'll be interesting to see his team book come out before his his own solo book. And speaking of team books, Gwen is uh, set up for an event of her own with Cindy Moon and Jessica Drew. There's a Spider-Women crossover that's due uh, for early 2016. Yeah, I saw saw that on Twitter. I didn't read too much about it, but... It sounds pretty interesting. Basically, the characters are going to be journeying to Earth-65, and they're keeping the original creative team. So there'll be what they call an alpha book to kind of start the event, and then the creative teams will take it uh, forward within their respective series. And then there'll be uh, an Omega book or Omega book for our UK listeners um, to kind of close it out. And the impression I'm getting is it's more like a spider men type event than a spider verse. And I think we can, uh, like the general consensus is that is just that like on a character to character kind of basis, spider, spider men succeeded where spider verse didn't just because of the overcrowding. But I think if you limit it to just Cindy, uh, Jessica and Gwen, I think you don't have that issue. Yeah. And they're, and they're three great characters. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they, how they, uh, how they do. And it's good to shine the spotlight on that part of the web. Oh, Absolutely. I have no segue. Someone segue us to, to Gwen. Spider-Gwen number one. Woo! <laughs> 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 I, I, that was perfect. All I kept hearing was um, you know, when, they, when Latour said that it was radioactive Spider-Gwen. All I kept hearing was in 90s. Yes. Ah, but yes. Just, she replaced it with Gwen. Yeah, so to clarify, Kyle is referring to a tweet that Jason Latour had put out. Um, so the New issue came out and it said radioactive on the cover. So it wasn't clear if that was like the title of the story, but the tour clarified that it is the name of this volume of the series. So it's Spider-Gwen in the solicits to make it easy to find and or whatever. But the name of the series is radioactive Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen, Spider-Gwen, radioactive (laughs) Spider-Gwen. Now, now, now. (laughs) See, it just works. I mean, if the Spider-Gwen... TV show hasn't been like greenlit. I feel like just this segment here of us singing the song should be enough <laughs> for Marvel to go, you know what? This is a thing that we need to happen. These guys need to do the song and we all, and they also need to get Ashley Johnson. That's bad Gwen. <laughs> yeah, and yes, that is a thought that I have now said two episodes in a row. Make it happen and you will make Kyle happy. Hell, we made the whole world happy. Ashley Johnson's awesome. But the priority is making Kyle happy. 
So now we should start talking about the book itself. Yeah, so it's a new title, a new volume, new chance at a debut story. This is the third time they get to do this in barely over a year. In the meantime, it's like the character has been everywhere. She's been in the Spider-Verse event, you know, zipping across dimensions and showing up in different books. And I think she's part of A-Force. So it's not like the character hasn't gotten exposure, but at the same time, this is bringing it back to her universe and her solo story. So how do you make that work and balance it for people like us who have been reading since the beginning and people who might be curious to jump on with the number one? I think it worked out pretty well for the most part. When you think back to like the, I guess you could say first season of Spider-Gwen, there wasn't really an origin story, right? Like we had a quick recap of it, but for the most part, we just kind of hit the ground running with an established Spider-Woman in this universe. So season two does much of the same and it doesn't make too many odd references to like Spider-Verse or Secret Wars or anything like that. So it's doing a very good job of being a continuity-free book in the sense that anybody can just jump on and not just be like, oh, I saw Spider-Gwen somewhere else earlier. Do I have to read that? Well, for me personally, when I read it the first time, I was a little bit confused. As someone who's read every issue so far, I was trying to put into perspective of someone who hadn't read any. Mm -hmm. There are points where it's kind of confusing which part was a flashback. We'll get onto it with um, Dr. Connors, or I'm just an idiot. I mean... I am open to that being a possibility. That you're an idiot? Yeah, I'm. A, you know, I'm allowed some, like, <laughs> issues, okay? I can't be perfect all the time. For the most part, I will agree, it does work as a good jumping on point, but there are elements that kind of don't. Well, let's get into it, because I think it works like the opening of the book. We bring back the Bodega Bandit, which is, you know, the worst, <laughs> lamest criminal you could have. You know, the whole thing is holding up the place to to get some corn dogs, And then... The lizard shows up and I have to just call out that page because that that's the first time we've seen the lizard character, even though it turns out not to be the lizard of this universe, but just how it's rendered uh, in this Earth 65 uh, way in Robbie Rodriguez's style. And it's a really horrific image, you know, especially coming after like these first kind of silly pages with the goofy mask they're wearing and the dog being cute. And then all of a sudden you see this real like horror comic type image. And I like that because it's been interesting to see his villain designs over the last couple of issues where they kind of go toward the horror side, like the lizard or the vulture, just kind of exaggerating the design as we know it, or going in completely different directions like the rhino where he's just kind of doing his own thing. So anyway, you have this kind of opening, this is the mystery or the the bad guy of the book. And then you jump to Gwen and getting up and late for work. And that establishes the character very quickly. And I like that, you know, her life is chaotic. She's disorganized. She has, she's late for work, which are those kind of typical Spider-Man story beats. Yeah, totally. That kind of brings you in. And especially for new readers as well, it's familiar. And there's some cool stuff happening in that image as she, or in these pages as she's going to work. I don't think I've seen this before. There are multiple Gwens in the same panel. I think you might have done that once or twice. And it was a, it was probably for a similar scene. Yeah, it was in um, the Edge of Spider-Verse one, I think, when she's getting held up in the subway. Okay. And she's about to get shot and uses the multiple Spider-Gwen. It's, a, it's a, I think, a pretty typical, not not just Spider-Gwen, but you uses it for fast characters and agile characters a lot, just in general comics, you'll see. 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah. An after after shadow or whatever you want to call it. It really stood out to me, and it really kind of made the sequence that that feeling of like, oh crap, I am late for work, and then boom, and then it the rhythm of it, it just it really just picked up, and I I love that definitely. The next sequence is with her dad, and that's kind of picking up a plot point from the previous arc, the whole thing with the Punisher, and you know trying to track down Spider Gwen for the death of Peter Parker. Yeah, it's an expedition scene, but you can't kind of count as what I was saying before by not being a good jumping on point. I think this is a testament for the elements that it is, if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. I also thought when the George and the Wolf are talking about Spider-Gwen, it was it all a waste of time? She's really innocent. And then he brings up about how they haven't been investigating the lizard and where he went. It was kind of odd to me because I'd never thought about that because that it, the so series has been about, oh, Gwen did something wrong. She killed Peter Parker and nobody's questioning what happened to the giant lizard that I'm pretty sure nobody's denying existed at that time. I think mm-hmm. people saw it. They just only saw that. They saw, it must have thought it disappeared and then Gwen had killed Peter. For something that was pretty much ignored at the time, it's good that that's being brought back as a extra plot point. Maybe there's a conspiracy going on for why the lizard wasn't mentioned Right. And then, you know, as we find out, this is tying into the kind of next plot thread of the book. You have these veterans that are disappearing from the local hospital and then mm-hmm. more lizard sightings, some kind of conspiracy going on. And the media is a part of it where they're hyping on the spider woman angle versus the lizard angle. Yeah, that's that's a good catch. And the fact that Gwen and George are both investigating the lizard separately. They're not aware that the other one is doing it. Yeah. And coming at it from different angles. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, totally. So as part of Gwen's investigation, I think this is where it gets into the confusing part for you uh, that you were mentioning, Kyle. And you're not the first person uh, I've heard mention this. Um, Dan over at Superior Spider Talk had mentioned some disconnects he was having reading this issue. So talk about this sequence where Gwen heads back to Midtown High School. Well, she's going to investigate because apparently she isn't the only person that knew that Peter was the lizard. And we get the look at Dr. Connors, who, as you are probably all aware, in the main universe, is the lizard. But this is the part that I kind of got confused by, where she's looking at the monitor with his picture and everything. And then the next panel is him being strung up in the web. And as I'm looking at it the first few times, that what all that comes to me is, oh, is this happening at the same time? Right. And then two panels later, it says that his address and phone number have been redacted. And, and, and then I'm thinking, wait, so what does that matter if his name and the, his phone number and address have been redacted if she's got him right there? I don't think this yeah. sequence did a good enough job of making it clear that this is a, this segment was a flashback when you go later on in the issue to another flashback and it's pretty clear that this is the flashback. Yeah. I think it would have helped if... She'd have gone into it, maybe not in full costume, say when this first interaction happened, she hadn't fully made the costume. If there was something like that, then that might have been more clear that this was a long time ago. But other than that, it was just like, oh, this is happening now and I can't tell the difference why this next petty panel doesn't make sense. That's a good point. I mean, maybe even like the shape of the panel or just something to, to help it suggest that it's a flashback. Having read the issue and then going back to read it again, I caught something that I I can see an attempt by the creative team to help it 
help convey that it's a flashback. And what I'm talking about is when we get to the sequence where Gwen is reflecting on when Harry Osborne entered their lives, um, the colors shift dramatically. And I love this. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is one of my favorite things, probably my favorite thing about this issue. One page is completely washed in green. And the next page is completely washed in purple. And those are the Green Goblin's colors. And I thought that was such a cool, really like thoughtful touch. And uh, Rico Renzi, he does it again, or at least it looked that way to me. The next page is Peter transforming sort of off panel into the lizard. You don't fully see it, but you, you you see the beginnings of it and then his final moment. And those colors seem to suggest the lizard. I mean... It's a similar green and purple, but he he changes it a little bit just to make the distinction. And then looking at that page where he's showing the sort of Peter sequence, if you go back to the panel where she's confronting Connors, it's that same lizard green and purple. So I appreciate the effort, but you're yeah. right. I mean, it's you don't fully catch that the first time through. So yeah, it is confusing what's happening. What I found interesting too about these flashback sequences is it's a little bit more insight into Peter Parker I was under the impression from the story so far that he had a big crush on Spider-Woman, and it's clear that he has feelings for Gwen. The Peter here isn't anything like the 6161 besides in name. But we see he's a social outcast to a more dramatic scale. Because of that, he has a lot of serious like mental unhingement. Gwen is his only friend, and it also turns out that he has feelings for her. So even the thought of another guy going for her has him reeling and just really upset. Even if you don't know all of that, and this is your first issue, it's pretty straightforward. This is a very, it's not an unusual high school student scenario, right? So it's its relatable and it helps the new audience understand the difference in this Peter. It's a really good way to balance, you know, your narrative uh, for different audiences. So this is good stuff. Going back to the investigation, the separate investigations for Gwen and the father, Gwen is now hunting through the sewers, trying to find the ex- elusive lizard using the hot corn dogs, which apparently lizards like corn dogs. <laughs> and as she's waving them around, she then gets attacked. Well, not attacked, but a bunch of incoming animals start leaping after her, take the corn dogs, do one. So. Every animal loves corn dogs. Never had a corn dog in my life. Don't think there's a, they're a thing over here. But she's then attacked for real by a lizard. And up until this point, she's not aware about the veterans going missing. So that's who we can pretty much assume that all these other lizards that turn up are. For me personally, I didn't like the shade of green that these ones were. I, I didn't mention at the beginning, but it also came up in the very first time we see at the beginning of the issue, I felt like it kind of, it goes too, the shade's too dark when you compare it to the other characters in the book. So for all the other colours, the expressive colours that they've used, this is the darkest they've gone. And it, again, it kind of makes the lizard look scarier, especially when you drape it in the shadows. But it kind of, for me, doesn't fit with the rest of the book. Hmm. I, in a way, it's like you almost answered your, your point there because it's like to, to make them that much more intimidating. Cause I never found in the, in the older classic Spider-Man stories, the villain, the lizard to be a particularly scary villain, just kind of a goofy one. Mm-hmm. So I like seeing these designs kind of amped up in that way. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I love the, the sequence is, is so funny because it, it's just, it's this book has such a different tone than the other spider character books. And I think this is where it exemplifies that it's, I get how I love it, but I get how it's not for everyone. I mean, it's such a goofy plan to take a bunch of hot dogs. Like that's your plan to bait the lizard. Yeah. And then when you get attacked, it's by animals. So it's just like these unexpected curveballs and kudos to to robbie rodriguez these are the most like aggressively cute animals i've seen in comparison to the scarier designs he's doing so it's quite a range you know in in these couple of pages right here but Mm -hmm. that's not what you expected when you hear the growling and then cute little guys come running out and what were they all doing back there anyway what was going on so i think it was mentioned earlier in george stacy's conversation that uh with the missing veterans there was a couple of like missing pet reports too so, uh, I mean, we still have no idea why they're all down here or why these lizards took them. Food. But, uh, yeah, I, well, yeah, food. Yeah, that's probably a good answer. But I would Conduct assume they'd by. be eaten by now. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, come on. There's like, uh, there's like seven or like seven or eight lizards. You'd assume like at least one of these animals would be eaten. But yeah, so they're there. But I, I thought it was it was a pretty cool callback. Like we kind of had a hint that something like this might happen. So it's not overly random. And then the cliffhanger with the surprise appearance of a mysterious or familiar character. What'd you think of that? I think it's good to see that there are, she's not the only hero yeah. within this mm-hmm. universe. I, I kind of like the new, this new Captain America. Um, I kind of like the costume that we don't get it like full on, no, like face to face one, but I like just the general design. I kind of hope she's similar to Ms. America, Miss America, America Chavez, who is awesome in the main universe. I mean, if you mm. could just tell me that that's her, I'll just believe it and I'll love it even more. <laughs> but it's good to see that, that again, it's not just Steve Rogers. Is it Samantha Wilson? Well, who knows? <laughs> also, was a nice little one at the beginning, um, bringing up Janet Van Dyne, who we know most popular as the Wasp. Has yeah. helped at least maybe creating her web shooters, or at least showing her how to use the web fluid or something like that. Well, I mean that that brings me to uh, I guess the next point. Did, so I'm I'm assuming you did not read the page that came after this cliffhanger. No. Ah, how about you, Noor? I didn't. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> I saw words and I was like, ah, oh, this sounds reading. <laughs> I mean, you know, that sounds weird. I saw a big page of text, and I was like, well, this is just talking about her backstory. And I was like, I know the backstory, so why am I going to read this? Well, that's just it. You don't know the backstory. I, I think that's that's what that's what's so great about this page. It is actually a reference to the series that was out in the uh, 80s called The Official Handbook of the Marvel Universe. Have you heard of that? No. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. Noor has. But um, so what it was, it's, it's like <laughs> – Back in the distant dark 80s, before the internet and before Wikipedia and all that, this was the way to get information on a character. So it was a series that would come out like a big encyclopedia. And so issue one would be, you know, heroes and villains from, you know, from A to B or whatever. And so they were, they all got yeah. these profile pages with these elaborate backstories and first appearance and, you know, um, costume changes and random facts and everything. So it was cool to see that for Gwen. And what I liked about it is if you read the history, it's not just what we've seen so far. It's actually stuff. There are other adventures that happened. 
And I really enjoyed that. So we do find out a little bit more about Janet Van Dyne and how Gwen's web shooters work, like how she got them and how they work. And they actually, this is cool, in this universe, they somehow pull moisture from the air and convert it into the web fluid. So she doesn't have like cartridges. She doesn't have cartridges. Okay. Because in the first, you know, volume, I was wondering like, oh, is it like the organic web shooters or does she make them on her own? And from what you see, it's like, no, you know, she's bright, but she's not scientifically minded, you know, as evidenced by the corndog hunt. <laughs> but that's that's how they work. And so reading that, you learn that it, it was good, Kyle, when you said, you know, oh, this is the first time we've seen another hero. I felt the same way. But then reading this, you learn like, oh, no, at some point there were other heroes. They're just not around today or they hadn't been until now. But the Wasp was a hero and she was a benefactor for Gwen. Not only did she give her the web shooters, but she helped her with the costume. And so it's like, oh, she had a different costume before this. Okay. So so you mentioned there that she had another costume before. It would have been possibly helpful for that to have been the costume and that was shown in those brief two pages of flashbacks. Right. They could have tied, Just, that, tied that together. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I should clarify that she didn't necessarily have a costume, but she got it from Janet Van Dyne. So who knows what she was wearing to disguise herself before that. But you yeah. know, those were these kind of cool little facts. And they also acknowledge the whole spider verse craziness and the fact that she will, she can, and has, and I guess will be traveling between dimensions. So she has, it, it explains like she has a wristwatch like device that gives her access to the gateway. And sometimes when she gets hit on the head, she hallucinates Spider-Ham as her spirit guide. So it <laughs> yeah, kind of, it kind of, it kind of checks off all these like random crazy things that the character has had to do by being included in the larger continuity. I like that because the focus is still on this universe and I think it's fair to say we we were bummed out when ultimate the ultimate universe ended because we liked having this sort of bubble universe. Yeah. And yeah. then Marvel was like, no, we're not going to do that anymore. Now everyone's combined. And then Spider-Gwen showed up and became this surprise success. And then they ended up getting their own bubble universe and get to do it, get to do what it seemed like Marvel was trying to get rid of. But she's also able to be involved in the best of both worlds. And I like how even in this bio this write-up it's like don't overthink it she jumps between dimensions that's all you need to know i think as well i kind of like the idea of them doing whereas miles book everything that we have seen for the overwhelming majority has been all of miles as spider-man obviously there's been the time gaps but in those jumps he wasn't spider-man whereas this it's saying whether they make it, you know, like they bring them up in subsequent issues is up to them. But they're going to be still treating it like all this happened. We don't have to worry about it. They just happened. She's done mm. other things. She hasn't only fought two guys in her whole career. I love the inclusion of this feature. And it sounds like they're going to be doing this for a couple issues going forward, at least. And I think it's great because I read. I enjoy um, a lot of books from Image, and the creators in those books will often include supplemental materials. And so to kind of build on the the story, um, it's easier to type out a number of paragraphs than to actually construct several more pages of a comic. So I highly recommend reading this because there's so much story in these couple of paragraphs, and it's left to you to imagine, like, 
what was that meeting with the wasp and what is she like in this universe? And maybe we'll see it, maybe not, but for now you get to imagine it and that's pretty fun. So I, I thought this was a cool touch and we'd already commented on how this book already feels like a creator own book and including stuff like this just definitely adds to that, that feel. So this is, this mm. is great stuff. So I know it's a wall of text, but it's, it's pretty fun, fun stuff to read. To touch back on the comic, I liked the Captain America inclusion, and I didn't even know there was a shield in this universe. He, like, a whole hero society sort of thing seemed defunct, like you said, and even in that write-up, it seemed more like superheroes were a thing of the past, and then Gwen is is a new thing here. So to see that there's a whole shield going on with their own Captain America, I mean, personally for me, like I, I don't want to make any judgments too early, because we know nothing about this Captain America besides this page. But I would have preferred, like, uh, in the... There's that one, like, thing during Spider-Verse. And they touched on, like, the Spider-Punk character. And there was a Captain America with just a straight-up trash can as a shield printed on it. <laughs> I thought, like, underground Captain America like that. Like, a, like I thought they were... like I, I would have preferred if they went for something like that. Like, sort of like a more punk Captain America. Sort of to go with the Spider-Gwen theme. But, I mean, I'm excited to see how this one goes. It was a pleasant surprise i was surprised i i didn't see this this coming and i i like that you know you're trying to build the universe into something and make the story bigger but at the same time she says these men are the property of shield so it's clear these are the soldiers and shield has been experimenting on them and they're running around in the sewers and for me it's like did we have something similar like that happening in all new ultimates yeah i don't want to go back and read it but it's it no, seems- no 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 <laughs> we have to we no i can read it no we fully understand the connection <laughs> because that is the dedication that we must show towards this show uh, my my point being is like <laughs> that story idea didn't necessarily grab me because it felt like okay now it's a big conspiracy and you know who's gonna bring do they have to bring down shield now this is this is awful you know you can't experiment mm-hmm. on people and i have faith in this team to take it in a completely different direction unexpected direction i should say um so i'm hoping it's not going to be as predictable as it seems to be at this point but for at this point in the in the story and for the comic to end on that it was like ah all right you know that that wasn't that it seemed a little too familiar so i I'm looking forward to seeing where where it's actually going to go as opposed to where I think it's going to go. So Radioactive Spider-Gwen number one. Uh, radioactive Spider-Gwen Spider number one. Uh, take three at a debut story. How would you score this? First read through, wasn't too big of a fan. But I think the second one, once I obviously realized that that part was a flashback, then started to fully pay attention to like the little dynamic between Gwen, Harry and Peter kind of elevated the book for me. So I'm feeling about an eight ish. I'll stick with an eight. Yeah. For the opening issue for the first issue, I think it does a good job at setting what the rest of the series will hopefully become. How about you, Nor? I'm going to be in the same boat as Kyle. I'm going to say it's probably an eight for me as well. The only real issue was the disconnect on the, uh, flashback panel. Um, but once you get the hang of that, everything else flows really nicely. And it did a really, it served its purpose as an opening issue. Uh, it was a fun read and yeah, it really just loses points on the disconnect. But besides that, it was good. I'm going to go a little lower and say, uh, seven and a half. I think the, the points you covered are, I would agree with. I think this issue had a lot to do and did it really well. I think there's, 
there's a lot to balance for your for your different audiences. You want to introduce them to this world, but you also want to take your story forward. I think the art and the colors and the writing, like I think everything was in in sync. It just this creative team is just locked. They they've got it down. And that definitely came through here. Just a couple of plot threads I wasn't keen on, as I'd mentioned, the the shield conspiracy thing didn't hook me in right away. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. But seven and a half is I, I would say that's very good and and definitely recommended. So this is one to check out. And uh from what I've heard, we have a contest going on. Ah, uh, where the hell did I put that contest music? <laughs> <laughs> As Kyle mentioned at the top of the show, we have two variant editions of Radioactive Spider-Gwen number one to give away. We have the John Tyler Christopher action figure variant and a Scotty Young baby variant that we'd like to give to you. And this one is easy. This is easy. Guys, why don't you tell them how they can win these books? All you have to do is like our page on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash ultimate spin podcast and tell us what you love about spider gwen the character your favorite moment and if you're not on facebook you can visit us on our website at ultimate spin click on the talk to us section and you can go ahead and tell us there so we will read your answers and announce the winners in our next show and our next show let's see spider gwen 2 is tentatively scheduled for november 4th so you have until then to enter and let's not forget to mention there is like our last contest, it's open to everyone, no matter where you are in the world. Or uh, whatever dimension you're in, if you're on Earth-65, Earth-616, <laughs> which I don't know if that exists anymore. <laughs> or if like you're our th- last contest, even if you're on the moon. If you're on the moon, if you're in the DC universe, I, I don't care. This is If you're listening <laughs> to this, you have a shot at it. Just what do you like about the book? Let us know, and we will pick uh, two random winners to get one of each of these books. Another dimension, you're paying shipping. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I think that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you again for downloading and listening. We would love to hear from you. As Noor mentioned earlier, you can visit us at ultimatespinpodcast.com and click on the talk to us link and send us a note. Let us know what you think of the series so far, the show, whatever's on your mind. Of course, we would kindly ask you guys to leave us reviews on iTunes. It really helps us out and we'll give you a comic to say thanks. Yep. Just drop us a line letting us know about your review, send us a link to it, and you get a free Marvel digital comic. Also, be sure to visit superiorspidertalk.com for all your spider news and reviews, including Brian's written one of Radioactive Spider Gwen number one. You can also hit up my website, nerdsunchain.com, for nerdy stuff of any variety. Like we said before, Wrestling, wrestling comics tv because everyone knows kyle the wrestling guy thumbs up yeah that's it for now we'll be back in november we will cover spider Gwen number two for sure and maybe take a look at the all new all different avengers what do you think eh, i'm down eh, suppose <laughs> we should do that I, I, I feel like we need more content let's just go for it <laughs> there you go all right we'll see you I next need- month Thanks for listening. You could drop us a line or find show notes and earlier episodes at www.ultimatespinpodcast.com. Ultimate Spin Podcast.